bite-sized episode with me monica as always are shelby hello beatrice yo and jackie Woo! we're all here to talk about pride of baghdad by brian k vaughn podcast favorite what what and nico henriken henriken i don't know but his name is nico what do we think this was actually a recommendation right it was uh we have people who listen what you guys and they actually write us on twitter yeah guys i'm gonna be honest with you you recommend something we will drop everything and we will read it it. the last three recommendations literally dropped everything we were gonna do anyway and now we do things people tell us we're yeah we we love attention we just do we really do like if you hold up a mirror in front of us we will preen (laughs) this recommendation comes from a twitter follower of ours Mehmet Sinov who resides at Keenan Sinov on twitter he asked us to read this and being as it was written by Brian K. Vaughn who we already love we jumped at the chance to do something a little shorter a little smaller more independent and it was great I liked it it was rough though it was a lot different Mm -hmm. I think than uh, what we normally choose to read um which i think is good stepping yeah. out of our box absolutely yeah. i honestly had no idea what it was about until mm-hmm. i started reading it and then i was like wait this is a true story and then it was about lions and i was mm-hmm. like what but it was it was no re- I, re- I remember when it came out actually i i remember seeing it i picked it up and i flipped through it and i <laughs> like put it on my mental list of shit to read and then did not read it <laughs> yeah as you too i actually had it on my shelf oh wow look at you so, so I, she's better than us basically is what she's saying <laughs> except she didn't read it yeah i didn't read it so she's a lot <laughs> The, the, the number of books and comic books and things on my shelf that right. I bought and to-do not read. Um, just cover I them have, with a blanket. I haven't can't an, see it. It's fine. No I have an deal. entire bookshelf shelf that's just stuff people have given me to read. And then next to my bag is another pile of stuff people have given me to read. Mostly from me. Yeah, they're all Shelby's. Don't give them back. You will Kirk. break my bookshelf. <laughs> we did that once. I don't want to do that again. Let's not do that again. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, this story was, was rough. It was. It was. I think it was very real. In the way that Brian K. Vaughn can make things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in classic Brian K. Vaughn, I mean, I say classic, but I mean that everything that I've read by him is so unique and has its own voice. And this mm-hmm. is, you can recognize that it's him based on kind of his voice, but everything the is... the writing style. The writing style. But everything is so separate and so different. He writes the characters based, you know, on the story. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's what anyone does. But he does it in such a, in such a, a clear, unique way. That's, that's so distinctly him. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he always makes everyone feel so real. Yeah, like, even lions. Even yeah, exactly. lions. Even and lions like, had distinct personalities, yeah. mm-hmm. and well, and you can really feel in the conversation between the antelope and Nor when she's trying to like convince them to join together. To Dude, I loved that. I was like, Gah. yeah, like I love. It makes super sense to me that the lion, a female lion who is the hunter of their pack, and mm-hmm. you know, basically it's matriarchal. Seriously, because the men lions don't do anything. Useless. 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 But I like that she's out there trying to like incite revolution because she wants to be free and she's still young enough to be idealistic about it and i like how the antelope's like i'm not trusting you the second we get out of here you're gonna eat me like what the hell it's like yeah where i won't be. I, <laughs> like, I won't eat you. i read that aesop's fable about the scorpion come on so i just really yeah i'm with i'm with shelby here that he's able to give voices to these creatures and make them understandable and fit the voices and it's so different from anything else we've read by him but it definitely has that undercurrent of this is brian k Vaughn. yeah and i think more, more than almost anything else we've read too where it's very clearly a parable and it's mm-hmm. very much of this represents something else like i mean it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not subtle but it wasn't meant no. to be no i don't think it was yeah and the whole uh, con- the whole concept of freedom and what it means and and what it means to different people um i thought was really interesting and kind of revealing i mean i think everyone probably 
interpreted it a little differently. And I think that's also part of the point mm -hmm. of what people are willing to trade for what they perceive of freedom mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. people are willing to trade to stay safe or feel safe. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I thought it was... And the really... illusion of safety. Exactly, which yeah. is the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting way to kind of portray Stockholm Syndrome versus... Mm -hmm any kind of problems you have with captivity or the idea of captivity and then sudden freedom. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was Zill's point who basically said you can't be given or no, it was nor you can't be given freedom. You have to earn it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was really important because there are so many people who are living in what they think might be freedom, but isn't. And it harkens back to our own. Yeah, like, I mean, America, freedom. the country is like, we're the land of the free, and we're freedom, we love freedom, everything about this, you know, and I mean, you can you can look into it and say, like, okay, well, what did any of us do to, to yeah, deserve nothing. our freedom no. more than anybody else? Right, and what? Born here! <laughs> it's the idea that in order to keep your freedom, you have to continually fight for it. Mm -hmm. You have to continually be worthy of being free, and I think a lot of people forget that, and well, yeah, it's a good way to show that, I think. Well, yeah, and, and also like you were saying about the uh, the illusion of safety or the illusion of freedom mm -hmm. that like we talk about um, being free in America, but free in what ways? Like, yeah. uh, like we're not all of us free in every way. I mm -hmm. mean, like most like women in parts of this country aren't free to have an abortion and do what they want with their bodies. You know, uh, black people in parts of this country aren't free to walk down the street at night without getting shot by yeah. somebody. Yeah, it's all about like freedom and liberty is great, but there's also privilege that you have to mm -hmm. deal with, and it's just. It's a great parable. It's a great 100-page comic about really important stuff that he kind of layered underneath a story about four lines. Mm -hmm. And even the idea of people who, you know, what, what the, the lines that were born outside of the zoo and the lines that were born <laughs> in the zoo and their different ideas. I mean, the idealism of, of the horizon and the idea, yeah. it, having mm -hmm. seen it and wanting to see it again and, and how different it is right. and mm -hmm. imagining it and just thinking about... Versus, like, Safa, who was there. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's one of those things where, like, if you're born outside of the United States and you hear all these stories about how amazing America is, mm -hmm. America is and how the free it is. The cities are paved and, in gold. Yeah, exactly, and all that stuff. And uh, But then when you actually get here, you you're know, like, it's like... the fuck? Yeah. And how hard it is and, mm -hmm. and, and how horrifying you treat a lot of um, immigrants and how much, how little they make and how much they have to send home mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, how hard it is to become a citizen and all of those things. Like, it's just very... Um, enlightening you know yeah. to see it from a different well, point of view too yeah and then we get the difference between these lions who were raised in the zoo and who were treated pretty decently you know that yeah. they that they weren't they weren't abused they weren't free but they were treated pretty well by yeah. their masters and then they meet that lion who had been the pet of whatever despot was living in that mansion who was who was dying not treated well who was not treated well who was made to fight that freaking bear, bear. and and so there is your, your like sort of invisible privilege there that mm -hmm. like that, that they thought they weren't free and they wanted freedom, but then here was someone else who maybe hadn't even thought of that idea because right. their life was so much worse. Mm -hmm. The idea of freedom was just too luxurious to even contemplate <clears throat> because yeah. you might just choose You would probably death. just choose death. Yeah. yeah. It was rough, man. Um, I also really liked that um, you can kind of feel, once again, it's layered. You can feel in the way that the turtle is explaining the world. I think it was to Noor. Um, on the bank and he's talking about the oil and it was a great way to get across a lot of people's confusion about why this war had even happened and um, I just liked the way in which he told that story mm -hmm. without like overtly telling that story. Yeah. Yeah. I also really liked another quote from I believe it was the turtle saying it is that everything's got a name it's how we make crap belong to us. Yeah. You know and I thought that was really interesting too and I mean in a very uh, 
It's like the imperialism of the United States driving across the U.S. as they conquered it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, oh, we're here and we named it and it's ours. Oh, yeah, so it must be ours. Or like, you know, like fucking British. Columbus. Columbus Jesus. landing here yeah. and being like, I discovered this land and people right. fucking live here. People have been here for hundreds of years. What yeah. the hell? The goddamn Norse were here a thousand years before Columbus. Yeah. It wasn't like, a thousand. Eh. It was like 14, 400. Well, but yeah. Still. Yeah. Like Britain, though, all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Literally came in and was like, hey, we live here now. We're going to build things and you're going to suffer. I actually really liked the language part, too. I thought it was um, fun what the animals called stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, fireflies were the rockets and walkers were humans. Because mm-hmm. you can then, only define things by what you know. Right. Yes. Um, I also, like, somehow Zill knew, um, like, a phrase, but he didn't get it right. He said, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You eat him. Like, <laughs> yeah. But also, as a lion, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Brian K. Vaughn, just like the, his use of language and his use of metaphor and parables to kind of get a lot of stuff cro- across in mm-hmm. a pretty short comic. I, I had mean, a great really, time. Like even more, even as we talk about it now, probably more than I even realized as I was reading it. Yeah. 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 It's definitely something you, that you want to discuss with people mm-hmm. because it's got so many layers mm-hmm. and well, just I, so much. I got through it and it reminded me a lot of my favorite part of art history in college was the... Um, renaissance period because everything in every single painting had meaning you know if the cloth was blue it meant this if the chat the cup was made of this it meant that and if there were babies dressed a certain way versus another and whose hair was up and all that stuff everything had religious connotation and i feel like he got that done in this book almost every scene has at least three different stories going on and every sentence means two things and Mm -hmm. it was fun well and i really liked i mean in, in one of the more obvious um storylines that that the way the story ends you mm-hmm. know that that we have we have made these lions our protagonists that they are the heroes of this story and who comes in at the end and murders them but americans yep and Ooh. so i felt like it was really a, a bold stand to take mm-hmm. to 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 really reflect how we as americans think we have gone into this country as liberators mm-hmm. but, the, but the rescue and save yes but the people who live there the people who get caught in the crossfire of our stupid war mm-hmm. really probably do not view us as liberators but no. as aggressors yeah. but, but in a really interesting nuance of it I mean, you still see the Americans as aggressors, but you see these these specific men when it's the last couple of pages when it switches to their point of view. They're like, "Oh, holy shit! I there's some lions were, here. Yeah. I thought they were coming I at me." They yeah. were coming at even me. even even these guys that come in and kill our heroes for 100 pages. You're kind of like, "Well, yeah." I mean, uh, wouldn't you well, kill a lion if, if there was, yeah, right there? If there was yeah. a starving lion on a rooftop with you, yeah. yeah, coming at you? You'd probably shoot it. Yeah, they're they're not they're not evil. Yeah, they're they're cogs in a machine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it and it goes it plays into that whole dichotomy of like if you have if you are like a quote unquote superpower in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so, can you? Should you sit back and let atrocities happen mm-hmm. in other or places? Is it your responsibility to go in exactly and help? But at the same time. You know, we can't necessarily be the police of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, right. if so, you go in too quickly <clears throat> and you don't do any kind of research into the country and the way in which it has, you know, community well, and culture. Well, and, and the that thing stuff. is, that even if you do research, there's no way to understand a culture from yeah. the outside yeah. in the way that you can if you're there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we go into all these places and we're like, hey, yay, democracy. It has to work exactly the way it works here. And then it falls apart. Yeah. You know, and the intentions are not bad mm-hmm. you know necessarily mm, always what's that, right what's but that saying about you know the yeah. road to hell exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but at the same time you know it's it's that whole thing where should we sit back and let them 
it's suffer. Right. It's so complicated because you, I mean, obviously, if you if you see someone in trouble, you want to help. I mean, I feel like that's a basic human drive to to help someone. If see, someone raises their hand up to you and says, "Please help me," I mean, see, you want to help. Have to, do they have to raise their hand? And that's the question because most of the time they don't. We're just like, "Hey, guys, hey, we saw we you guys up. doing this thing, and uh, we feel like we can help." Yeah, but, I so mean, it's, yeah, so it's, is it, is it, are do you, you let the whole, the other place, like, just kill each other? Exactly. Is that what you do? Do you sit back and go, oh, it's not, not my problem? Because, it's, you know, we become such a world of, of, of these <clears throat> fake borders and these, yeah. and these, these walls mm-hmm. that we put up literally and figuratively that it's like, okay, you know, how different is it helping your neighbor? You know, like, you know, the guys in Texas that live 30 minutes from Mexico. I mean, you're closer to that country than you are to most everybody else in the United right. States, but somehow they're, they're different. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, so much nuance, so much shit to... It's so hard. Like, yeah. I I'm, I do not envy uh, the president and making those decisions. Well, anyone and, really who is in a, in a position of power who yeah. would have to make that kind of a call is... I don't envy it like, You're all. damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But it's, you know, it's all about understanding every every part of everything before we go in, which is impossible to know. Yeah. And which is. is why we always walk in. Yeah. <laughs> and then go, shit. Yeah. Well, and no, can't, you know... Yeah, like, we poke it with a stick because that's and who we are. Happens. And then stuff blows up in our face, always. Well, I mean... We tried to go isolationist there for a second, and it did not do us any and good. And you shouldn't. You're a world citizen. Yeah. So it's tough. I actually like that we keep poking stuff with sticks, but I do feel like we probably should research a little bit more before we pick up the stick. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we, I feel like if it would go better for us, I think if we, we had, I think, at times more pure motives of really just wanting to help, but a lot yeah. of times it's, well, we're going to do this because we need oil or we need mm-hmm. guns. There's got to be a need- dialogue. Well, yeah. A mutually beneficial dialogue. I mean, the reason we got into World War II is because we had to get out of the Depression. So, well, I mean, but- and did we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we also and that guy went, was evil. God, we also went because you can't genocide an entire people without someone going, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that." But mostly, FDR fought for like five or six years to get us interested in World War II because he knew war is the way in which to make money, and we were like poor as shit, <laughs> but we could make stuff. So it's yeah, you should have pure intentions, but it's always I mean, going to be driven you, you by obviously, something. Yeah, you obviously can't always have pure pure right. intentions. But it should be more than you have oil and we want oil, and that's all. Yeah, so yeah. That we we trade you know guns to despots so that we can have more oil to make our cars run. That's you know, but things are complicated. Yes, more electric cars, yo. <laughs> And then world peace. And then world peace. <laughs> world peace. I mean, we may not know it now, but Elon Musk, he could have solved world peace. And you mean, we just, real life, we don't know. Iron yet. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so we've gotten, well, it's not really off topic necessarily. <laughs> we've, we've wandered a little bit. Basically, I think this, Baghdad, is the dis- this is the discussion that we should have had. That we should have had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a great book. We thank our, um, we even recommend though, it highly. Even though I think you said this to hurt us <laughs> and to drive us to make a, have a sad story. In our hearts. It is. Yeah, it, it was it really is, sad. It's, it's a sad story. It was rough. Mm-hmm. It was rough. Yeah. But it was enjoyable. I would recommend this to almost anyone. Mm-hmm. If someone were to ask me, hey, I want to read a comic, what should I read? I think this would be in one of my five to seven mentions. And it's a good... <laughs> it's hard to just pick one. It is. Let's it is. Right. It's a good dialogue starter, too. Yeah. Agreed. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because like a lot of good art, it's open to interpretation and everybody yeah. has a different Ooh. thing that pulled out to them. This would be a good one for like high school and college courses. Yep. Yes. You know, agreed. You're going to start reading stuff that like applies to the world. 
Anyway, Pride of Baghdad, Brian K. Vaughn, and Nico Henriksen. We definitely recommend it. Pick it up at your local bookstore. We thank Mehmet for wrecking us, and yeah. hopefully he listens. Definitely wreck us more if you have ideas. We'll read them. So. <laughs> As we've shown today, if you tell us to read something, we will do it. We're on Twitter, at Get Interrupted, and uh, as always, we have some snacks. Nice. Yay. Yo, we're recording, bro. <laughs> I always put for a few on my face. <laughs> <laughs> right on my I don't know what makeup is. You know this about me. She just like, well, she sprayed it and then she walked into it like you do. She just did it high. I thought she was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode. I forgot to say bite size. Shit, fuck balls. Ass. <laughs> Tits. Cunt. Cunt. Motherfucker. Vagina. Vagina is not a dirty penis? word. Vagina, vagina. Vagina is the way it's supposed to be. All right. I'm going again. Vagina. <laughs> Nature's pocket. <laughs> Ew. Gross. I really don't like Snassy. it. Snassy. I really don't like it. Thank you, Broad City. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm out. Not, I'm not good with that. I'm not okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. of the living peak.